In my last mailbag episode of the year, find out my thoughts on the 2023 international class. What's up with Nick Smith? Why isn't Jalen Clark getting enough love? And what's up with the rumors about Scoot Henderson shutting it down? Stay tuned. Good morning. It is December 28th. We are down to the last three days of 2022. I am your host, Rafael Barlow, the director of scouting for NBA Big Board and the founder of NBA Draft Junkies. And I may have a new title coming up soon. I'll keep you posted on that. Really looking forward to this. But yes, we are down to the last few days of 2022. 2022 has been a pretty good year for me. And I just want to talk about last night briefly. All right. So the last few days I've been getting up at three or four o'clock in the morning. And that is really the only time I can get my work done since I have my son all day. My wife is working her regular nine to five or nine to six work hours. So the earlier I get up, the earlier I fall asleep. So yesterday I sat down on the couch at about seven o'clock and I thought I was going to take a quick nap before the Mavs game at 730 and I usually go to Mavs home games. And I was planning on going to this game, but I decided to play a little bit safe since I had tested positive for COVID last week. I'm totally fine. It was like one of the weakest colds I've ever had. And for whatever reason, I tested positive for COVID. So decided to play it safe. Got a little little fella who's only five months. So, you know, just being on the safe side. And um, ended up falling asleep. And when I woke up, I fell asleep on the couch. When I woke up, I got this alert that said Luka Doncic had 61 points and 20 rebounds and 10 assists or something like that. And I went back to bed and thought I was dreaming. So when I really, really woke up at 2 o'clock in the morning, I saw that it was indeed (laughs) true and I wasn't dreaming. And I hate the fact that I missed like one of the most historic nights in NBA history. I mean, 60 points. Video game numbers. 20 rebounds alone is crazy for a wing. But a 60-point triple-double? I mean, I really, really hate that I missed this game. So I'm even more mad at at, at COVID because that was a legendary performance by Luka. And, man, I usually would be in the building, but stupid COVID tests. So, anyway, (sighs) Just waking up and realizing that I could have been there. But let's get into this mailbag episode. I haven't done one in a few weeks, and I really, really enjoy these. And I try to handpick some of the best questions, and I get so many. But these are fun. These are probably, like, my favorite episodes. And honestly, if I could do a mailbag episode every day, I probably would because they're just easy, and and it's an opportunity for me to just answer questions that other people have. Sometimes the questions are a little ridiculous because somebody is asking my opinion about this player that is far from an NBA prospect. That happens a whole lot. Um, There's also a lot of trainers that every time their client has a decent game, they're sending me the clips and the footage and asking me my opinion on it. So that part is, isn't fun, but, I mean, it's just part of the territory. And speaking of Luca and this international class, um, obviously it's led by Victor Wimbayama. And the first question is, after Victor Wimbayama, then who else in this international class is worth looking at? 
And I think that France has a chance to have three guys selected in the first round. Obviously, Wimbayama, number one, who is totally kicking butt and dominating over in France right now. Then you have Ryan Rupert, who is playing. I don't know if he's actually playing right now. I know he had a, a, a wrist injury that probably is going to keep him out the the majority of the season, if not the rest of the season. I haven't checked in a few in a few days, but he was playing he was playing decent. He is your prototypical three and D guy. He's like six seven, has like a seven foot wingspan, has um shown some flashes of being able to to knock down shots and, and be able to do a little bit off the dribble as far as being like a pick and roll guy. So I think that he is a pretty close to a lock as a first round pick, even though the sample size is pretty small. And then there's City Sissoko, who's playing for the G League Ignite. He is from France. He played last year like second division Spain. The numbers aren't popping out, but I think that he has shown enough to where he is a legitimate first round candidate. 6'8", 200 pounds, strong frame, a natural playmaker. I think this year has been good for him in a sense because he's on a team where there's so many guys that need the ball in their hands and there's so many guys that are best as um, playmakers in a sense that he's had to learn how to play a little bit more off the ball than he's accustomed to playing. And I think that he's done fairly well in that role. He's shooting a good percentage off the catch. My biggest knock on City is he just takes way too many jumpers off the dribble. Like if he has a, a ball screen, instead of attacking and getting downhill, he's going to settle for a step-back jumper. It was kind of a, a knock that I had on him last year, and it's kind of continued this year. But I do believe that he is someone that, um, you know, can can be a first-round pick. And then there's Nikola Jurisic, who is playing in Serbia. He maybe got on the, the attention or, uh, on the radar for, you know, American draft fans when he played against the Thompson Twins this summer. Just your typical Serbian skilled guy that just does a little bit of everything he can shoot he can pass um just an, an advanced player for his age group not the greatest athlete and but you know that's kind of a knock on almost every serbian player i mean i'm sure if we looked at a nikola Jokic scouting report from a few years back it would say the same thing not athletic same thing from bogdan bogdanovich so i do think that he does have the skill set to to make up for his lack of athleticism. There's James Naji. I've talked about him before. He's very similar to Jalen Duran, just a overgrown, physically advanced teenager that has a defined role in the NBA as a rim runner, shot blocker, um, guy that's just going to be at the dunker spot finishing everything. I think he has a chance to be a first-round pick. Then there's Usman Njai, who is playing and I know he played in Germany last year. Um, he's uh, high upside, more so of a long-term project, but does have some intriguing physical tools, uh, able to shoot, kind of score off the dribble. Really thin. Um, it's going to be a huge, 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 huge jump in, in competition, so I think that he is a ways away. But for a team that's gambling on upside, he is – an option there. Then there's Juan Nunez. I like Juan, man. Juan is, you know, like your your Spanish point guard that has this flash and flair. His numbers may not fully show how much impact he has on the game. He's playing really well right now for for Ohm in Germany, 
and he had a, a game winning shot. I want to say it was it was last week. My my weeks are I think it was last week, and you don't really see eighteen year olds with that type of freedom and that type of I guess balls to take big shots, especially in like Euro League or Euro Cup competition. He's playing for the same team that that um, Killian Hayes played for right before Killian. Uh, enter the draft and Killian's actually turning the corner a little bit so I think this international class is decent you may get seven guys drafted I mean it's not going to be a crazy deep class but I mean if it is it's top heavy because Wimbayama is that dude all right the next question that I have and man I'm already close to the end of the first segment. The next question is, why isn't Zach Eady a projected first-round pick? ESPN has him at number 58. Zach is someone that I first saw him play two years ago when he was a freshman. I was watching Purdue play Miami. He was playing behind uh, Trevion Williams, and I know last year they split time. Even if you look at their their numbers, because they split time, they were very productive in their numbers. And so I, I figured with... Edie having the court to himself this year that he was due for a big a big season. I didn't think that Purdue would be number one, but uh, they are the number one team in the country, and he is a big reason why. I mean, he's just a huge physical presence, 7'4", almost 300 pounds. He is currently putting up huge numbers. You have to say that he's probably player of the year. I mean, he's close to it. If he's not a player of the year, close to it. Um, I just like what he brings to the table. I just feel like he is unfortunately born in the wrong era. He's averaging 22 points, 14 rebounds per game, also averaging two blocks. And if you look at the numbers last year, he played like 19 minutes per game, and he averaged like 14 and, and 7. So... He's pretty much almost almost a little less than doubled his rebounds. His points per game were up eight. He's having a phenomenal year. But, yeah, I just think he was born in the wrong era. I think that there is a potential spot for him. I mean, you look at guys like Boban who have been able to carve out a, a, a decent career. Um, definitely once he gets the ball in the paint, I mean, he's close to unstoppable. But I just think the way the NBA is going, teams would make him defend in space. And it's going to be tough for him, but I, I like what he's done this far so far. And so I, I do think that is the biggest reason is that he is projected late first round or even undrafted by, by some. If this were, and I understand, like I say this about almost every big man, if this were 2002 instead of 2022, he is, in my opinion, a lock as a first round pick, probably even a lottery pick. All right, when we return, I have a bunch of questions that I will answer, but I want to talk to you about prize picks. Now, if you do not know what prize picks is, all you have to do is just pick two to six players, and you just decide if they will score more or less than their prize picks projection, and you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. There's no competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections. They offer projections on any sport you can watch. NBA, NFL, NHL, college basketball for men and women. They even have esports. And the entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. They are safe and fast withdrawals. And it's currently operational in 30 states 
and Canada. So download the Prize Pick app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. If you are a first time user, you can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, bucks, Prize Picks will give you $100. Bucks. If you deposit $50, Prize Picks will give you $50. So do not forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for instant deposit match up to $100. Right. Big, big shout out to each and every person that has made the locked on NBA big board podcast. Your first listen of the day. Now make sure you check out locked on sports today. The biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less. Plus you get instant reactions, game recaps and locked ons take of the day. And I'm sure Luka Doncic is probably dominating those headlines. Check it out. Locked on Sports Today. It is available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Once again, this is Rafael Barlow. And it is my last mailbag episode of the year. And, you know, I think I need to do more next year. Like I said, I really, really enjoyed these. All right. The next question is. Is Scoot Henderson really shutting it down for the season? So that's pretty much a, um, I don't, I don't want to say it, it's a rumor, but that question is pretty much based off of a ESPN report last week, yesterday, <laughs> that uh, they came out with their mock draft, and Jonathan Gavoni mentioned that several scouts thought Scoot had played his last game for the Ignite because he had a concussion and he hadn't played in over a month. I want to say like November 18th was the last game he played. Well, it's crazy because just a few hours after this report came out and the several NBA scouts thought it was the last game and the G League in, in the same article refuted and, and they totally denied that Scoot would uh, shut it down. And what do you know? A few hours later, he ends up playing his first game in over a month, had 20 points, hit a big shot. So, no, Scoot is not shutting it down for the season. He came back last night and played. So that, that is good because there there were people that thought that Scoot and even Victor had done enough to solidify their their draft position and that they didn't really need to do anything else. And both guys are still playing. So big props to them. Our next question is, I heard you're from Omaha. Thoughts on the Jays season? And their potential draft picks in 2023. So he is referring to Creighton Blue Jays. And I actually have on a Creighton sweatshirt right now. Um, thoughts on Creighton's season. Man, it's been disappointing. I thought Creighton had a really legitimate chance to be, you know, a top five team throughout the season. They got off to a decent start. And then I think they lost like six in a row, something like that. It's been disappointing. They have a lot of miles to feed. It is a really talented team that lacks depth. And as far as their potential draft picks in 2023, outside of Ryan Kalkbrenner, I can't think of anyone that has really helped their draft stock this season. Kaluma was getting some first-round love. That is Arthur Kaluma. He was getting some first-round love, and I, I don't think that he'd be a first-round pick as of today. I think that his stock has has fallen a little bit. Um, I like Trey Alexander, maybe not for this current draft, but I do think that Trey Alexander is someone that will, um, eventually be drafted. I like Ryan Nimhart. 
Um, I, I like him a lot. A little bit smaller than his brother, but I do think the success that his brother has had probably has helped him a little bit. I mean, he is your your, your guy that's probably going to draw a lot of comparisons to Tyus Jones, uh, maybe like a career backup spot starter just in case, but a guy that just takes care of the ball and does and does a lot of things well from a team standpoint. A little bit undersized, but um, I think that he he definitely has a shot. And then there is a guy that I was really, really, really high on coming into the season. And I thought that, you know, after transferring from South Dakota, I thought that he was going to end up being one of the, the bigger surprises for Creighton this year and the player that I am referring to is if you're a Creighton friend, you know what I'm talking about. It is Baylor Shireman. Oh man, I had really high hopes for him after having such a phenomenal year. But this year I you know, I, I wanna say it's been a little a little disappointing, even though the numbers aren't bad. He's averaging thirteen points, nine rebounds, he's shooting thirty eight percent from the floor which is, you know, it, it, it's good in, in most cases. <laughs> Last year he shot like 47%. Last year he was like 50, 47, 80 from the floor, average four and a half assists. Um, yeah, I mean, I think he's he's really struggled with his shots. I mean, he's had some games where he's kind of made up for it, but in some of Creighton's bigger games he's had some really off-shooting performances. But I like the fact that he has shown that he can rebound on any level. Still a pretty good passer. Um, I just think that maybe in the second half of the season he can turn it on. But Baylor Shireman is one of the guys that I was really high on coming into the season that I do think that his draft stock has dropped a little bit. But I, I think he'll get some some opportunities. All right. The next question, I guess, is not really a question. It is a statement. And the statement is Jalen Clark needs more love. And I agree 100%. Shout out to Dre Oates, a a big follower of NBA Big Board. Also follows me on Twitter. Uh, We kind of shoot the breeze from time to time in the the DMs. And he told me before the season, Jalen Clark is going to have a big season. And he was totally right. So big shout out to to Dre. Jalen Clark is... A guy that is doing a little bit of everything. I mean, on the defensive end, he's cutting. He's crazy efficient. I want to say he's like shooting 60% from the floor. The biggest knock on him coming into this season or just overall was that he wasn't a really good shooter from three. I mean, his two prior seasons at UCLA, he shot below 28% from three. And this year is up to 39%. So... The splits are 60% from the floor, 39% from three, and 67% from the foul line. And when I have talked to different people about him, not everybody is convinced about the shooting. Um, they're looking and, and they're using the free throw percentage and basically his pass shooting numbers as an indicator of, you know, he's probably having like an outlier, you know, first few weeks of the season, and they expect the numbers to decline a little bit because we're talking about a guy that shot 54% from the foul line last year, 26% from three, and he's only at 67% from the foul line this year. 
But overall, I mean, it's an improvement. I mean, he's improved his free throw percentage 13 points, and he's improved his three-point percentage around 13 or 14 points also. So only time will tell if he can keep up the hot shooting, but I think he's definitely done enough to put himself in the top 30. I mean, he might be a first-round pick. I think if I did a re, a new mock draft, I think I'd, I'd put him up there because he's he's passing, he's cutting, he's rebounding. I've even heard someone that I really respect, a basketball mind that I really respect, say that they believe he has been the best player in the country. All right, next question is, what is going on with Nick Smith? If I knew, I'd let you know. Only thing I know is that he's been having some issues with his knee. They're calling it right knee management. I think they're talking to a, a scout from a Western Conference team that is a little bit concerned about it because he's saying that everything is vague. And then he mentioned that at the Maui Invitational, he warmed up and he thought he looked good. And this is, you know, the information I get it from the scouts. I didn't get a chance to see the warm-ups or anything like that. But he mentioned that he warmed up and then he mentioned he was jumping up and down on the bench, which I did see that on, on TV. But he just said that it's it's just very interesting um, to to for them and, and scouts to just kind of figure out what is wrong with the knee. Is it is something that is chronic, or or when did he get hurt, and so on. So there's a lot of questions and concerns. Um, the same scout mentioned that he wouldn't be surprised if Nick Smith is done for the year, and which kind of makes their job to evaluate him tough. Um, but the scout did mention that Nick Smith was really high on his list. And that he he liked him after seeing him at, I want to say it was the McDonald's game he mentioned. And so this kind of makes things a little bit difficult. I think he's done enough or his past reputation alone is enough to get him in the top 10. Maybe not three like some people thought. Um, there's you know, some people that thought he could go number two that thought he was better than Scoot. But yeah, and as far as your, your question is what's going on with him, I, <laughs> your guess is as good as mine. It's just he's having some issues with his knee. All right, when we return, I have quite a few more questions that I would like to answer, but I got to let you know about Bet Online because Bet Online is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball. They have it all covered at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can even find those as well on betonline.net it is the fastest and the easiest way to get your sports betting info so head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more bet online it is where the game starts once again you are listening to the locked on nba big board podcast i'm your host rafael barlow and i'm just answering a few questions sorry for the noise in the background it is 8 o'clock in the morning and somebody's out doing yard work. So if you hear that buzzing, then I apologize for that. All right, let's get right back to the questions. Why is Jairus Walker so highly touted? Am I missing something? <laughs> and um, the, the answer to your question is, yes, you are. You are missing something. I think the reason why you see that he is so highly touted and you may not see the same thing on the court is that he's playing a limited role at Houston. I think you'd have to 
watch his high school film to get a better understanding of how versatile he is. I mean, you're not really, you've only seen little flashes of the passing, but in high school, he was a really good passer and playmaker. And I do think like right now you are seeing um, him play a role that he probably played early in his NBA career. It's just a, a guy that is just a, basically a role player and connective tissue. Um, but yeah, I, I get it. I have heard that in order to really fully appreciate his skill set, you have to watch him in practice. And so not everybody obviously has access to to watching him practice. So to answer your question, he's highly touted because he's a obviously he's a physical presence. He's skilled. He's a really good passer and, and playmaker and is has the potential to be a plus defender. So, yes, when you say you're missing something, it's probably because you and, I, and I'm just assuming I don't want to I don't want to. Um, you know, doubt, <laughs> doubt your vision, but I'm, I'm assuming you haven't had the opportunity to really watch him play in high school where he showed a, a, a different skill set than what he's showing right now at Houston. Well, that wraps up this episode. Again, I really enjoy the, the mailbag episode. Sorry, I couldn't get to every single question, but thank you, the listener, for making this your first listen of the day. Now make the Locked On Sports today your second listen. Peter Burkowski brings you the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes. You can get the analysis and opinions before everyone else with our own local and national experts and insiders. The Locked On Sports Today podcast. It is available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Once again, it's Raphael Barlow and I am out. <laughs> <laughs>